0: Welcome to the Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on running an online business. Here's your host, Old Fashioned Mike. Welcome to the show. So this episode... I don't know how long this episode is going to be. It depends on how much of a rant I'm going to go on. Um, this is uh going to be called Don't Be That Guy. And, and how do I explain this? So I'll be brief. So I, you know, I sp- spend a lot of time on eBay buying in bulk and then basically splitting things up. And that's kind of what I suggest a lot of people do. And, you know, it's not for everybody, but essentially when you do that, you basically um release the wealth or release the the dollars that are trapped in bulk purchases that people are uh, you know they're just too I'm gonna say lazy but that's not really true they just they just find it better use of their time um, in something else and so they what they do is they bulk things up and they just sell them as a lot and so and then I take that and I, I buy them and then I separate it out now the key to doing that successfully is to really kind of understand what you're buying and what you think you can get out of it. And you know, you start to learn who the sellers are, who, who are good for buying bulk lots from and who's not good for buying bulk lots. And when you, when you get a, a bulk lot that is, you know, not exactly necessarily to your liking, but you know, is still as advertised, then that's okay. You just don't buy from that person again. um but you know it's a fair transaction, and so you just buy it and you separate it out and you know you maybe you learn that maybe it is better than you think, and sometimes you find out that it's exactly what you think and and that's it. and then the other, s- other sellers, you know that they're gonna go out and they're going to um they're gonna do things like uh um you know, bulk things up and that, um, are perfect for you. And so you go out and you go out and buy them and, and you, uh, turn it for profit and you keep on doing that with that seller. And so I save those sellers. And then you also find sellers that will undervalue their items and you basically just buy from them. And they might only be individual items or maybe small lots, but nothing really major. So I've, I've got my list of people I buy from and I uh, have a a tendency to send them notes um, basically saying, Hey, do you got anything new for me? And then even sometimes um, I may contact them off platform, you know, because maybe they provided me since I've ordered a few things from them. They provide me their contact details and then I call directly. And so we avoid, they avoid the fees and so on and so forth. And that's okay. You can do that. Um, I don't know if eBay really frowns upon that. Um, you know, they probably want every transaction going through them, but I figure if I bought them from that person two or three times and they give me their phone number, I'm going to use it. So sorry, eBay. Um, I provide, uh, they provide a card for, uh, you know, I get a bunch of cards, uh, business cards and I call them. Um, and, and I suggest you do the same thing too. You know, you go out and find who your, who your, um, sellers are that you can do business with and you just seek to do business with them. And and that's how you grow your inventory. Now, um, you're going to find sometimes that those people don't have what you need. And so you need to kind of reach out. And so you try to go out and find a new seller. And I thought I found one and I'm going to tell you. And the only reason i bring this up, frankly, is because, you know, this is such an egregious BS listing that, um, I just feel I have to talk about it. And so what I did, so if you know what Victorian trade cards are, Victorian trade cards are kind of like the business cards of the late 1800s. So they're basically, they might, they're very, very colorful and they have really kind of cool artwork and I kind of like them. Um. And, um, they're about the same size or smaller of a, um, of a postcard. Some of them are bigger, not most of them. Most of them are not bigger. So, right. They're smaller. So you could put them in the same envelopes and, you know, and so on. It's, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a, um, really neat, uh, uh, piece of history. I really like them a lot. Matter of fact, I think I like them more than postcards. Now I'm not saying that they're better than postcards, postcards. It's all to me, ephemera paper. Um, but this is not um it, this is not what I am talking about. Victorian trade cards. There are some other trade cards out there that came out, I uh, let's we'll call them the fifties and sixties. And um they're they're just slightly better than business cards uh in the sense of as they're very colorful and have cool artwork. But not like the artwork of the 1800s, the 1890s, 1880s, and so on. It's 1870s, maybe even in the eighteen sixties. But but these things were made in the mid-mid fifties mid and sixties, and they usually had a theme associated with them. Could be tennis, or, uh, could be golf, what have you. And then they would have names of the company on the front, and then the back would be basically the blank, or it would have the name of the company on them. And you don't see them a lot, but they, and I wouldn't say they're incredibly rare though, but they don't get sold a lot on eBay. And so anyway, there was a guy, so this is where, this is where, this is when I say don't be that guy. And what I mean by that is don't create a listing that is so misleading and then don't offer returns. Um, because, you're just asking for yourself, one, to, to really get a negative feedback. And number two, because you deserve it, frankly, if you do that. And number two is to really be known as a scammer. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to call this person a scammer yet, but I'm getting close. So anyway, so he had this lot of uh, of cards that were basically uh, golf trade cards. Now he said tennis trade cards and I think he said tennis trade cards but he meant golf trade cards. He probably had a tennis one too at one point and and he basically just copied the listing and just didn't update it. So I kind of saw it. Not that there's an appreciable difference between golf and tennis as far as value goes, but essentially you buy these things and if they're the right price and I, there were 36 of them and I bought them for $22 plus shipping, which, you know, what's called let's just make it for sake of argument, a dollar a piece. And I could normally sell those for 15, between 15 and 20 bucks a piece. If somebody might make me an offer for, for, um, you know, maybe 10 and I'd take it cause I add shipping in and so on and so forth. But long story short, you're, you're making 15 times your money. So, so that's, that's a pretty good rate of return. And so I said, okay, listen, I bought these things. It was a, it was an auction and the pictures, uh, they looked like they were obviously something in um, the, I'd say, in the 50s or 60s because um, they were in sleeves. And so it, it kind of looked like they could be. Um, I didn't ask the question, but he didn't provide me the information either. And I did, but see, the thing is, is if you ask him a bunch of questions... And, um, then of course, what's you're going to find is that they may say, Oh, this guy thinks they're worth something. And then they might just end the auction early. And then, you know, so I know I didn't want to put myself into that situation. So I, I bid on them, didn't ask any questions, stupid me, frankly. But, um, anyway, so I got these things in the mail today and lo and behold, this guy, took playing cards that had like maybe names of companies on them, golf type of thing. Um, and he basically just took one of each and these things were probably made could be, they could have been made yesterday. I mean, really honestly, they, they were really, I mean, they were fine. The shape was fine, but ultimately they were nothing special. And, um, if you look, then I went back and I said, okay, well, you know, what did I miss? So the first thing is say, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, buyer beware. Right. So I went in, I looked and I, I looked at his photos and all his photos, these things were in kind of sleeves and, um, basically, not uh, sleeves. It was kind of like a large, like a sheet, uh, that, and they had basically them in the, in the sheet sleeve, the sleeves in the sheet. So it's not really a sleeves in the postcards. Sense it's uh basically like you would see like a bunch of baseball cards nine baseball cards on a single in a single sheet. Anyway, so these were playing cards. They were probably made. I mean, they could have been made last year. Who knows? They were like obviously not vintage at all. And um, you know, uh, let's just say. I felt I got duped. I mean, really, honestly, he didn't have pictures of them showing they were playing cards. He, you know, he just basically had them in the sleeves, and he only showed the the, the prime ones. Of course, that's coming to used to that anyway. That happens all the time. But the reality is, I figured, okay, well, you know, listen, even if these were just regular trade cards from the seventies uh, or sixties and fifties, I mean, excuse me, then I could still pull fifteen dollars a piece for them, and maybe I'll get one or two that are worth maybe $20, 25 dollars. But anyway, so none of that occurred. These things are crap. They were, I mean, just utter crap. And he just threw them in a box and sent it to me. And this guy has a lot of positive feedback too. He's got like 800 positive feedback. That's a pretty, I mean, it's less than I have, but it's still not small, right? You know, it's not like he had like one or two. This guy actually, this guy just had a junk drawer. Just And he just, he basically unloaded his crap on me and doesn't do returns. So of course, what am I going to do? Or what did I do is I just sent out a, um, you know, not as described, not as described in the listing or the photos. And that is totally true. Now he's going to disagree with that. And I'm going to have to take it to eBay and get my money back. Now at the end of the day, it was twenty two dollars, right? You know, and plus shipping. So, and I think he charged. You know, I don't know what he charged for shipping. Five bucks, probably. I don't know. I have to go back and look. But the point is, is you don't want to be that guy because now I will never buy from this guy again. He is a thief. He is the worst of eBay, right there. All right, and he's got eight hundred positive feedback. So he just ruined it with me. And honestly, I'd give you his name. Um, I, I just don't want to get any, you know, I don't want to get any hubbub about this, but, but the reality if you, you know, if you want to know his name, you send me an email and I'll send you his name. I'll send you his, his login details, not his login details, his, um, his, uh, uh, store name. Cause he is a crook of the worst kind. So do not be that guy accurately describe what you're selling. And if somebody and offer free returns, right? So, I mean, even if you offer free returns for only certain circumstances you're better off than this guy this guy sold me this and he knew what he had which was nothing and he knew he wasn't going to take it back well you know don't if you if you're that guy you're going to get a reputation on eBay and you're just not going to have people buy from you now i'm going to tell you there's been a couple transactions that i've double charge on shipping by accident. Somebody bought two and I just didn't get he, they paid before I can get to it. And, um, and I sent them in the same envelope and I just forgot to refund them, um, the double shipping. So, um, now I'm going to say I've had some people write back to me pretty pissed off about it. And guess what? You know what? I, what did I do? I go right to them and say, you know what? You're right. Sorry. I missed this, you know? And then I, I give them a usually they're happy I had a couple I had one guy specifically give me a neutral feedback after giving me a negative feedback saying you know happy Merry Christmas which I thought was kind of a jerky to be honest with you because it was an honest mistake but um, you know so you know that's another thing is don't be the guy that if you sell if you sell multiple items to the same person you know obviously if you're being charged double, by eBay for shipping on in the same thing, let's say if it is $3 for shipping and now it's $6 cause you have two of them, you know, that's most likely not the case, but let's say it is, you know, then that's legitimate. But you know, if it's one of these things where, you know, it's two postcards, two postcards essentially is the minimum charge. You know, you're, you're going to get away with just one charge, just charge them that one time. Don't charge them double. I know the profit is now, mind you, when I first started, Charging for shipping, I, I didn't really necessarily believe that, but I'm starting to. I saw the error in my ways very, very quickly. Frankly, I just thought felt you know when it happened to me that I didn't like it, so I quickly changed on that. And I'm not sure if I ever communicated that to you guys, but essentially, so don't be that guy either. Don't be, don't be the guy who double charges people for something and then probably tries to get away with it. And um, by the way. Um, you know, there are like, like I said, if there's legitimate reason, fine. But if there's not a legitimate reason, don't do it. Just like there's no legitimate reason to create BS listings, and then uh, you buy, somebody buys from you and you say, "Oh, no returns," and it turns out to be not as described. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get more not as described. Um, as part of that, that could become a defect if you don't handle it correctly. Now, if you refund or if eBay gets involved in the matter, what happens, and this is kind of an interesting thing. If eBay gets involved in the matter and you lose, they charge you like a, you know, a fee for that, but it's like 20 bucks or something like that, which I think is also (laughs) a problem. But, um, but, uh, you know, um, that guy, if you look at it, you're going to say, okay, well, not one of his photos had a picture of a, a uh, playing card. It was all just the fronts of these things. And he probably should have said something in the title playing card. It didn't say playing card. It said trade card. and It's not a trade card. Trade card is a very, very specific thing. Just like a playing card is a very, very specific thing. So in short, don't be the guy that one gives you fake uh, fake listings number two a uh, double charging for things that so you get charged once and number three and most importantly Be honest in all your dealings with people because it will come back to you it, it, There's absolutely no way That this doesn't come back hasn't come back on him now. I, I suspect And we'll find out I suspect this is not the first time this has happened to this this individual and but it, it probably most people would say, well, it's only 20 bucks, screw it, and, does, and they basically just toss the cards away. I just refuse to do that because I'm a, a reseller, and I think it's extremely important that um, your listings are accurate and honest. Now, I suspect what's going to happen is if he argues with me, which I suspect he will, or he's going to dispute the dispute, then, um, then that just goes right into don't be that guy again, Right. Don't dispute things that you have obviously done something wrong, right? This guy did something wrong. He gave, he gave a BS type of listing and he, well, hopefully he knows it. Maybe he doesn't know it. You know, maybe he's not that guy in the terms of he's dishonest. Maybe he's that guy. He's just clueless. So, I mean, don't be that guy either. Know your audience. Anyway, all right. Well, listen, you know, this is a very short episode. It's only about 15 minutes so far, but I really appreciate um, everything, uh, all the messages I've been getting. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, questions regarding the, um, the QuickBooks replacement spreadsheet that I've sent out. And if you still want that, let me know. Again, comes in Excel or, or Google, uh, Google Sheets. And don't, by the way, it's free. So don't, uh, you know, even if you don't use it, you know, take a look at it. Um, it has very, very specific uh, ways of use. Um, you know, one sheet feeds other sheets. And so, you know, I don't put a lot of instruction in it and I don't do that because just because it takes time to do that and I'm giving it away for free. So I figured it, maybe you could try figure it out. And if you have any questions, you can, you can talk to me, but if you still want that reach out, um, anything else, um, reach out also, I'm glad to help. All right. Thank you very much. And we'll talk real soon. Bye. This episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to. Head on over to oldfashionedmike.com for more information and tips on running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until next time.